We are in Ksubis, Samachvava Maralev, 66a, beginning a new Mishnah. The Mishnah will be discussing, and for much of the uh, coming parak, the coming chapter, we'll be discussing the concept of Nidunya, about uh, different aspects of what the father of the Kala, of the bride, which he then brings into the marriage, he gives this as a gift to his uh, the future couple, to the son-in-law, uh, to bring into the marriage. And uh, he then, the, the chasan, the uh, groom, uh, has a requirement to pay back when the marriage ends. So either if the wife passes away or if they get divorced, he has an obligation to return that gift. That gift is supposed to be used for the purpose of the marriage itself once the marriage is over, so then it is returned. So various halachos, various laws that apply to this concept of nidunya. If a person, the father-in-law, the father of the of the bride, uh, makes an agreement to pay his son-in-law a certain amount for, but they never get married. They they're engaged, halachic engagement, but they're never married, and he dies. The the future son-in-law passes away. Now the law is that the brother of the deceased husband. Should do yibum or chalitza. The father-in-law has the right to say, "I agreed to this amount when it came with regards to your brother who passed away, because that's the one that's the amount that I wanted to give to that uh, that potential husband. But to you, I don't want to give that amount. He has the right to say that, and he could say, I don't have to pay you, even though I made this promise. It wasn't to you; it was to your brother who passed away. I don't have to give it to you. Now, the commentators do point out." That it could be that it's different when it comes to a promise not to the son-in-law, but a promise to his daughter. If, let's say, he promised his daughter a certain amount when they get married, so then it could be that that means uh, regardless of who she marries, he's giving his daughter money. Uh, so that is subject to debate, whether uh, when he says that he's giving a certain amount to his daughter, does it really mean no matter who whom she marries, or is it uh, specific to to the potential husband at hand? That he's, it's implicitly, he's referring to uh, this uh, this uh, husband who then passed away. Okay, that is uh, case number one. That's case number one. He has the right to back out when the 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 husband uh, passes away before the actual marriage. Only while they are halakhically engaged, he can then tell the future. He hasn't given the 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 nudunya, the uh, the money or or the gifts yet. Uh, he could back out when it comes to the Yavam, the, the brother-in-law, who will do Yibam. Okay. Paschal el of Dinar who pose connect in the Mana. Let's say the cases where the the father of the bride brings in not uh, physical gifts, but gives money. If he gives money, so then the halacha is, the law is, is that the son-in-law has to return at the end of the marriage more than what he gave. Why? Because that money then increases. That money is to be used to um, to invest. It's to invest. It's either for his work or to, to make some sort of investment. And so therefore, he will make more as a result of it. And then he has to pay it back at the end of the marriage. Now, there is a big discussion. Why isn't this classic ribis? We know that there's a concept of ribis, that there's a prohibition in the Torah. A person, one Jew, cannot lend to another Jew on the condition that he has to pay back more with interest. You cannot lend with interest. So isn't this lending with interest? Isn't the father-in-law giving it to the to the family to then um, 
pay back for the husband to then pay back uh, more to pay back fifty uh, percent more. So if it's a hundred, he pays back hundred fifty. Isn't that ribis? Isn't that lending on interest? So there's a few answers to that question. One answer is that since uh, technically it's not really time bound, they could get divorced right away, and then he would have to pay back right away. So it's not really time bound. The concept of interest is that a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. Um, but that wouldn't apply if uh, technically it's not really based on any time. It's uh, He could have an obligation to pay even today if either the wife or they get dies or they get divorced today. That is one answer. Another answer is that um, it's it's not foolproof. If, let's say, the husband passes away first, then he doesn't pay he doesn't pay anything. Um, and also, he doesn't pay the same person. He doesn't pay the father-in-law. He pays his wife. If, let's say... They get divorced. It wouldn't. The money wouldn't return back to the father-in-law. The ret- money would be given over to his wife. So maybe that's not ribis. So there are various answers to that question. Okay. The Gemara now. The, the Mishnah now continues with the next case. And then the last part of the mission is essentially as follows. This last case is basically saying as follows. Let's say the father-in-law does not give money, but gives items, physical items, um, the, whatever it is, physical items, to the, it, it brings it into the marriage for his daughter and for his son-in-law. So we have to evaluate how much is that. So whatever the evaluation is, the son-in-law at the end of the marriage, whether it's uh, the wife dies or they get divorced, has to pay back, but he pays back less. As opposed to money, where he pays back 50% more, here he pays back 20% less. Why does he pay back less? Two reasons, two potential reasons. One reason is that if you give items, items depreciate in value over time. Uh, they only get worse. They don't they don't, they don't really get better. And so therefore, he would pay back 20, uh, 20% less. Alternatively, a different reason is that when they make these evaluations, they intentionally... Uh, give the higher amount. They exaggerate. They inflate the uh, the cost of, of these product of these items so that it looks like the father-in-law is giving much more. And so, therefore, because they raise it, if it's the same amount, says the Mishnah, if it's equal, so then fine, he has to pay back that amount. But if they intentionally raise it, so then he only has to pay back twenty percent less because it was intentional. They did it so that it looks like he's giving more, but he's not. He's not really giving more. Uh, and so, therefore, he would have to, he would be, uh, uh, he he would pay twenty percent less. Again, as opposed to if it was money that he brought into the marriage, he would have to pay one hundred fifty percent more. In this case, he would be paying twenty percent less, either because the item depreciates in value, or because they exaggerate, they inflate the prices, uh, the the value of the items uh, from the onset. Okay, that is the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. Taner Rabban and Ainter Echlomar Rishon Tamachacham Mishini Amaretz Alafilu Rishon Amaretz Mishini Tamachacham Yachalomar Lachicha Yosher Rotz Litein Lachal Yav Shalitein. Says the Gemara. Back in the first case, the first case was where the daughter was halachically engaged to the husband. The husband then passes away, and then there is the mitzvah of Yibum, where the deceased husband's brother could then marry the wife. And just because the father-in-law, the father of the bride, uh, gives a, a promise to give a certain amount to this marriage. That might only be for the first marriage, but not to the brother. So says the Gemara. This is not only if the uh, the husband who passed away was a Torah scholar, but the brother isn't. But even if it's the other way around, even if the husband is not a Torah scholar, but the brother-in-law who's doing Yibam is a Torah scholar and seemingly is of uh, a better pick for this uh, daughter, still 
he could back out. Why? Some explain the reason why he could back out is because there are other qualities, other traits besides for being a Torah scholar. There are the Midos factor. There's uh, character traits, other factors involved. And so therefore, he has the right to say, I, I, I intended to give this to the first husband who passed away. I, I don't have any intention to give it to you. So that's what the Gemara says. Paschal Lachzno Elf Dinar says the Gemara, Hani Reisha, Tana Shuma Rabba, Viktani Shuma Zuta, Tana Shuma Didei, Viktani Shuma Dida. The Gemara basically asks, in the Mishnah, we didn't discuss every single line of the Mishnah, but in the Mishnah, the Mishnah describes different uh, uh, types of Shum, of this evaluation. We evaluate the items back into the case where um, the father-in-law promises not to give money, but to give specific items. So uh, he pays back at the end 20% less. Uh, so the, the Mishnah had various cases for this. And the Gemara explains that it's whether or not, whether the evaluation was of a high price or whether it was of a low price, we would have the same conclusion. You might have thought that maybe if it's a high price, so then uh, there's no reason to exaggerate. It's already a, a high value. There's no reason to exaggerate. No, still he would pay back 20% less. And if it's a low value, low price, one might say there's no reason to exaggerate. It's going to be low regardless. No, even so, we assume that uh, they will exaggerate. They will inflate the prices. He only has to pay back 20%. And it's whether or not... Um, uh, doesn't make a difference at what what stage they 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 do this evaluation. Okay, that is the end of the Gemara for that Mishnah. We have a few more lines. Next Mishnah: Paschal lahachas lo ksafim sila nasa shisha dinar. This returns back to the original case that we had in the last Mishnah. The last Mishnah said in case number two that if it's money, if the father is bringing in money, so then at the end of the marriage he has to pay back fifty percent. So this Mishnah repeats that halacha, and the Gemara will ask why is this repeated but repeats that halacha and says that, yeah, he would have to pay back 50% um, if it's money, because we assume that they're using the money and it's going to help for investment and it's going to go up. And we explained why it's not ribis, why it's not interest. Next case of the Mishnah, which we'll focus on more in the next class, that if in the in this nidunya, in the dowry, where the father-in-law gives, let's say, 100, so then 10% of that, 10 dinar of that, has to be given back to the wife to be used for her perfume, for her perfume or to beautify herself. 10% of that is given back to her. Of 100, 10 is given to her. Rishim Gamalil argues and says, no, everything is different. Every situation, every custom of every land is different. It's not one set, uh, uh, one set rule. Okay, we'll begin a little bit of the Gemara and then we'll continue uh, really the main focus of this uh, idea that uh, 10% is given towards um, the wife's uh, perfume and uh, to beautify herself, we'll discuss that in tomorrow's class, in the next class. Says the Gemara, the Gemara says, why do we need all these cases, as we mentioned before, in the last Mishnah about the fact that uh, if money is brought into the marriage, so then the husband has to pay back 150%, and then we repeat it in our Mishnah. So again, the Gemara explains, because you might have thought that there's a difference, whether it's a large amount, which is our previous Mishnah, or if it's a small amount, which is our current Mishnah. Uh, and the Gemara explains, you might have thought that he only has to pay back 150% if it's a large amount. If it's a large amount, okay, so then the profit could be uh, very large. He could gain a lot from it. Uh, but if it was just a small amount, if he was just given a small amount, so then there, there won't be 
that much return, and so therefore maybe he wouldn't pay 150%. Alternatively, maybe you might think if it's a small amount that was uh, given to invest in, so then the responsibilities, the uh, out, the, the 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 usage of it is less, and so therefore therefore there's less risk. But if you give a large amount, there's more risk involved, and so therefore he shouldn't have to pay 150%. In the end of the day, whether it's a large amount, whether it's a small amount, whether it's uh, uh, a, a large uh, possibility of uh, return, or whether it's uh, a large risk, uh, increased risk, doesn't make a difference. In all these cases, uh, the husband would have to pay back 150%. Okay, that's the end of the Gemara, and then we'll leave uh, the next uh, part of the Gemara of Samachavavim Bey, 66b, for the next class.